hours message. I want to tell everybody here, be very safe over the holidays. Be sure to put God first in all of our celebrations and make sure you spend time to be thankful. Let me ask you boys and girls something. What are you looking forward to this week because of the holiday season? What's, give me an idea. What are you looking forward to? Yes, ma'am. Who? Your auntie's coming down? All right, cool. That's neat. So you get to have auntie come down. Yes. Who? Staying in your pajamas all day. Okay. All right. Hadn't thought of that. Hadn't thought of it. Yes, sir. No school. How many are glad for that? Huh? No school. Yeah. Yeah. Now we got some participation. What else? What else are you looking forward to? Yes, ma'am. Nice family time? Is that amazing or what? Absolutely. That's what we think about when we think about that. Now, I want you to turn around, and we're going to see a video, and I want you to think about it. It doesn't have a lot of words, but listen and watch and see what it says. Would it be Thanksgiving without turkey? Thanksgiving without football? Would it be Thanksgiving without a parade? Thanksgiving without family? Would it be Thanksgiving without shopping? Thanksgiving without thanks. Okay, boys and girls, I want you to, un to understand that there might be a time when it's Thanksgiving, but you don't have turkey for some reason. There may be another time that you have Thanksgiving, but you aren't able to be with family. We have lots of people in the military who are deployed without their whole family around them. And they have to be maybe by themselves or maybe with some other service personnel uh, overseas somewhere during holiday time. It could be that uh, you could have a time when you wouldn't be able to watch football. Worst things have happened, you know? I know you can't imagine that, but worst things, some of you guys can't imagine that, but worst things have The point, point is you can have Thanksgiving without turkey. You can have Thanksgiving without shopping. You can have Thanksgiving without... Uh, w without family being around, you can have Thanksgiving 
without a lot of things, but you can't have thanksgiving without being thankful to God. Thankful for the things he's given to you. The fact that you probably will have plenty of food to eat. The fact that you will have fun. That you'll have family around you. That we live in a place where we can worship God freely. There are a million things to be thankful for. So this Thanksgiving on Thursday, don't forget about the most important thing, which is being thankful. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for these boys and girls. I thank you for these young men, young ladies. And Lord, I pray that you would build into their lives an attitude and a heart of thanksgiving, thankfulness. And Lord, whatever the holiday, that they might remember that holiday is just another way of saying holy day and that we need to keep holy days holy and remember that we serve a God who loves us so wonderfully and provides our every need. And for that, we are eternally grateful. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the boys and girls said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. All right. Boogie board class, longboard class, soon to come. Windsurfers, middle school class, soon to come in December, in uh, January rather. So we're looking forward to that. First Thessalonians chapter 5, please. First Thessalonians in your New Testament epistles, uh, a letter written by the Apostle Paul, 1 Thessalonians 5, beginning in verse 14. <clears throat> and while you're turning there, um, let's be thankful. Let's make this Thanksgiving a time of absolutely giving thanks to the Lord and being grateful for the blessings of Almighty God. 1 Thessalonians 5, 14, now we exhort you, brothers, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak. Be patient toward all people. He's winding up this letter, and he's kind of uh, throwing out a lot of ideas under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God of, of things, pointers that they need to take home. These are takeaways that he's been teaching them. So he gives a whole list. Uh, be patient toward all people. See that none render evil for evil unto anyone, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all people. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. And look at the next phrase. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil. In the middle of that incredible paragraph is, are the words, in everything, give thanks. And it's not hard to understand what that means. In everything means everything, in every circumstance, good, bad, ugly, indifferent, whatever. We're to be thankful for all that God does. And, and it says give thanks, which means be thankful. So in everything, even for things that are not what we look forward to, not what we want to see, not what we wanted to hear. We need to understand that we have an omnipresent, omnipotent God who is above everything and, and has everything under control, even if it seems like it's not. So thanksgiving in everything, give thanks. Now, this may well be the last Christian holiday that's untainted in America, although I can't even say it's not untainted, but Christmas has Santa Claus and elves and toys and everything in the world except for uh, recognizing the Christ and the public displays. Now, 
Christ is excised from society so much of the time, excised from our cities. They can't put up a, a manger scene anymore because it might, you know, offend somebody. But we can put up all kinds of other things. And if it offends us, it's just too bad. Easter is all about bunnies and eggs and all of that. And that's why we go to great length to make sure that our children understand that that's not what Easter is all about. That Easter is about the risen Christ, the risen Savior. And even though Thanksgiving still has turkey and football and even shopping, by the way, Pardon me, I'm not going near a shopping center uh, at Thanksgiving or even on Black Friday. Why would you go anywhere if it's called Black Friday? You know, I'm just, that's like ominous. That's like scary. What's going on with that? I'm not going to go. I, 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 every year it seems like uh, in the news someone gets trampled going into a department store or, or two women get in a fight over some toy, the last one on the shelf, for crying out loud. I'm not going around and run crazy women who are liable to trample you when you go in the store. I'm going to stay home and just be thankful to God for the blessings that we have. There's not a whole lot that Madison Avenue can do with pilgrims down on their knees or pilgrims having a, a meager uh, a meager meal together because God had preserved them through a very difficult time. With all the secularism going on, all the idolatry, we still, it seems like, have set aside a time, at least one day of the year, to be thankful. Jesus set the example, the Thanksgiving example, when he said frequently things like uh, in Matthew eleven twenty five, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hid these things from the wise and the prudent, has revealed them unto babes. Later on, he said, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted his eyes at Lazarus's tomb, and he said, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And still later, when he was instituting the Lord's Supper, and he knew because he was the Son of God and God the Son, what was coming very shortly, he knew he would be arrested, he knew he would be tortured, he knew he would be crucified, uh, nails driven into his hands and feet, crowned with thorns, beard plucked from his face, beaten with a cat, he knew all of that, and the Bible says he took the cup, and what? He gave thanks. We get, we get a cold, Carolyn? Do, do, do we really, are we really thankful? We, we have an upset stomach. I had an upset stomach this morning. That's why it's on my mind right now. I, I was like, oh, I don't know if I can go. Oh, I got to go. Oh. And, and you know what I did? Because I knew what I was going to be preaching. I said, thank you, Lord, for this upset stomach. making sure he knew I was being thankful for the upset stomach. But here he was going through, I mean, this is a cold, an upset stomach, nothing compared to this, nothing compared to what Gary's going through, nothing compared to what several people, uh, Nadia, our, our babysitter, we need to be praying for her, uh, got a, a bad diagnosis. And, and, and so, you know what? We just need to be thankful. Things can always be worse. God's hand is, is, a, is a hand of blessing in our lives. And so here he is instituting the Lord's Supper, communion, and he gave thanks and gave it to his disciples saying, drink you all of it before being crucified. The danger, a danger of living too long is if we're not careful, everything gets to be routine. We, we get into a rut. You know what somebody said a rut was? The definition of a rut is a grave with both ends knocked out. I don't want to get in a rut. The holy becomes common. The blessings are taken for granted. Holidays are just another day. 
And I want us, this, this Thanksgiving time, maybe you already have, maybe you do it all the time, but if you don't, I want you to take a moment to reflect, to think about the hand of God in your lives, to think about how awesome and incredible he is, to think about how good he is to us, to think about how he works out every impossible situation. I, I was thinking about um, Psalm 1 and, and, and talking about, uh, or rather Psalm 23, talking about uh, God's blessings and how he's our shepherd and how we shall not want and he takes care of our every need, feeds us and he waters us and he heals us when we're sick and, and he leads us besides the waters. And I mean, it's just amazing what God does and he promises to meet every need of his children in this life and in the life to come. God is so good. So think about thankfulness. Think about gratitude. And if our first thoughts are about turkey and our first thoughts are about football, we have, we're falling into the trap that secularism has set before us. Thanksgiving Day has been set aside by pilgrims and presidents as a day of national expression of our thanksgiving and our thankfulness to God. And since it's wanting in our culture, let's explore what the Bible has to say just briefly about it this morning, and specifically, the benefits of being thankful. I want to give you three benefits of being thankful, okay? The first one is, thankfulness protects us from pride. Thankfulness protects us from pride. There's not one, I've read this whole Bible through at least every year since 1974, not one good word about pride. Pride is one of the deadly sins, the Bible says. There's 10 Hebrew words that are translated pride. There are two Greek words that are translated pride. And in, in those cases, it means to being high or exalted in attitude. That was the thing that Satan, that's what got him. He was Lucifer, the son of the morning, and, and was in a place of great responsibility and, 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 and the chain of command with the created angelic beings, and he was at the perhaps pinnacle, probably was, and yet he fell through what? Pride. He lifted himself up. He, he was high. He had an exalted attitude. The opposite, pride is the opposite of the virtue of humility. God wants us to be humble. One other Greek word refers to a person as being puffed up or inflated like a balloon, kind of puffed up with pride or egotism. And the idea is that one gives the impression of substance but is really only filled with air. Pride is basically a sin of attitude and of heart and of spirit. And if we get proud of our spiritual life, if we get proud of who we are, if, we get, if, if, if there's pride in the pulpit at being the pastor, you know what? I am made of clay. <laughs> I am no better than anyone else. Every sin is equal. I mean, as far as God is concerned, one sin is as bad as another. Now, as far as we're concerned, they're different. If you're going to lie about me or shoot me, I would rather you lie about me because it doesn't hurt as bad. But as far as God is concerned, if we're guilty in one part of the law, we're guilty of the entire law. So what does that show us, that there's no hope? No, it shows us that their only hope is Jesus Christ. He has overcome. He has paid the price for every sin we will ever, ever commit. Think about or actually do or say or whatever else. He has taken care of it. So when we get to heaven, because it will be because of our faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross of Calvary and in rising again. It will not be because we were good people. 
because they're none good. Not one. So thankfulness is the acknowledgement of the source of, of our blessings. We, we have not prospered because of our own accomplishments, but by the blessings of Almighty God. Listen to Deuteronomy chapter 8. I know this is a little bit of a long passage, but listen to this. So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by fearing him. How do you keep the commandments of God? You do what he says to do, and you fear him. Is that like you go run on hide under the bed because you're dad or mom's mad and you're afraid of them is that is that what it is no it's a reverential trust you have this rep you reverence god and you trust in him absolutely so you walk in his ways and you trust him for the lord your god is bringing you into a good land he's talking to israel a land of brooks of water of fountains and springs flowing out in the valleys and hills a land of wheat and barley of vines and of fig trees and pomegranates a land of olive trees and honey a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity you're not going to be you're not going to be going hungry you won't have famines there in which you will lack nothing a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper and you shall eat and be full and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given to you. Now may I stop just a minute and ask you a question. What had they done to deserve God's choice blessings on a nation like that that they would have ample water, ample food, they would have all of the resources uh, built into the land that God has given. What had they done to deserve those extraordinary blessings the same thing we've done to enjoy him, which is absolutely nothing. It is the grace of Almighty God. The grace of God, pure and simple. And then he says in verse 13, take care lest you forget. Be careful lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you this day. That's evidence of unthankfulness is disobedient to God's commands. Lest when you have eaten and are full... And have built good homes and live in them. And when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied when, when you've been increased abundantly, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with all of its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water, who brought you water out of the flinty rock, who led you into the wilderness with manna that your fathers didn't know, that he might humble you and test you to do you good in the end. Beware lest you say in, in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. That's amazing. He just took them for 40 years through a wilderness where there was no water, there was no food, except God supernaturally provided for them. They would have died. They would have been helpless and hopeless. What could you do? A million and a half Jews and their animals out in the desert. Have you been to the Sinai? I have. Yeah. It's a little bit dry. It's a little sparse with vegetation. I mean, it's just, it's desert, folks. It's desert. And, and God provided food for a million and a half people for one, two, three, ten, twenty, thirty, forty years. Oh, ladies, their clothes lasted that long, too. Yeah, there was no Macy's. Huh? No Bloomingdale's, no Nordstrom's, no 
Nothing. I mean, the clothes lasted, the shoes lasted, the food was provided, manna from heaven. Think about that. They got manna. Food fell from the sky. I mean, they knew God, right? Yeah, so right away they start making idols and calves and worshiping. What's going on here? They forgot. And he's saying, beware lest you forget. Lest you forget who has multiplied. Lest you forget who has opened up his hand unto you. Lest you forget who has opened up the windows of heaven and poured you out blessings that you don't deserve, that I don't deserve. We get them because of Almighty God who is a gracious God, an incredible God who loves us. And he says, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant they swore unto your fathers as it is this day. It's God who gives us the ability to prosper physically, spiritually, mentally, however it is. A thankless heart is a prideful heart. It's a selfish heart. The thankful heart is a submissive and obedient heart. Another song we used to sing, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to what? Trust and obey. You want to hear something? Prosperity, comfort, complacency are some of the greatest dangers facing you and me today as Christians. We're so, we live in this unreal world while people are dying for their faith in other parts of the world. Why, while Christianity is repressed so viciously in so many countries, in China, for example, and parts of Africa, wherever the Muslim faith has, has prospered, Christians have have been destroyed and, and the churches have been burned and so on. Persecuted Chinese Christians have actually prayed that persecution would come to the United States of America so that Christians will wake up. I personally, I hope it doesn't happen. I could sure see it happening. Truth is, most of the time, you think back in your own lives, most of the time when we really seek God, it's because we're, we're in need. I told you, my stomach wasn't feeling. I was like praying a lot this morning. I did a lot of praying, a lot more praying than I usually do. I wouldn't have if I hadn't, if I hadn't have not felt well. I don't think I would have. So because of hard times, because we're uncomfortable, because we're going through crises, because things didn't work out exactly the way that we planned, we seek him more earnestly. We have needs that we can't meet ourselves. And we recognize that. Only he can. So giving thanks reminds us every good gift, every perfect gift is from above, comes down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation or shadow due to change, James 1.17. So giving thanks, first of all, protects us from pride. And I don't want to be proud. I don't want to be in, have an ego. Such, I, I want us uh, to realize that, that it is God, if we're able to do anything at all, it is God working through us and all credit goes to him second thing thankfulness promotes good stewardship an understanding of the true source of ownership of all that we have frees those resources to be used for his purpose god gives so that we can give we, we are to be conduits of what god gives us we're not to be uh, you know we're to, what is it Get what you can and can what you get. You know, just kind of stack it up, store it up. Remember Scrooge McDuck, the great theologian, Scrooge McDuck? You remember him? In the swimming pool full of money, and, and, and he would do the backstroke in the swimming pool full of That's not what we're to be. 
We're to be conduits of his provision. Now, let me give you an example. In King David, uh, and, and I, I want you to check this out because I'm blown away by this example. But King David, when they were getting ready to, to provide for the temple, now he wasn't able to build it, his son Solomon built it, but, but as he was laying by and store the, the things necessary, he gave personally his own offering an almost unbelievable, in fact, it is unbelievable to me, but I ran the calculations two or three times and I can't figure out where I'm wrong, so help me out. But he gave 3,000 talents of gold, 7,000 talents of silver, so I looked up in several reference books what a talent uh, was, according to Jewish commentators. A talent was 114 pounds. The value of just the gold at 114 pounds at today's prices of 18 carat gold, I don't know what carat it was. Are you ready for this? 3,000 talents times 114 talents times 16 ounces times, and you get $187 million. Okay, well, maybe gold wasn't worth as much back then, you know, so maybe it was just $100 million. I don't know. And then there were the 7,000 talents of silver, 7,000 times 114 pounds times however many ounces times however much per ounce. And, and, and he gave, he gave 3,000 talents of gold, 7,000 talents of silver compared to the whole rest of the nation of Israel, which gave 5,000 talents of gold. So he gave more than half what the whole nation gave and 10,000 talents of silver. He gave more than half of what the whole nation gave. So I, I, don't, I don't know if it's accurate or not. I'll tell you, I do know this. David was generous. David gave a lot. David knew he had been a shepherd boy watching his father's sheep, and now he was king. And he knew that didn't just happen. And he knew it wasn't because of himself, because he had a lot of flaws too, just like all of us do. But he recognized who he needed to be thankful for. Thankfulness promotes good stewardship. In 1 Chronicles 29, 14, but who am I? And what is my people that we should be able to thus offer willingly? For all things come from you, he said. And of your own have we given you. We're, God, what we give back to you is because you've given it to us. It doesn't really belong to us. We can't take anything with us. I, I, I heard for years you've never seen a, a, a Brinks armored car following a hearse. But now with the internet, I actually saw a picture of a Brinks armored car following a hearse. But it's not going to do them any good. I will promise you that. It didn't do the Pharaohs any good. Grave robbers got all the stuff that was buried with them after the fact. But here David's recognized all things come from you. We are strangers before you, sojourners as our fathers were. Our days on the earth are like a shadow and there is no abiding. O Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for you building a house is for your holy name and comes from your hand and is all your own. David said, I'm just here to give back to you what you've given to me. I know you're my God. I know that you test our hearts. I know that you have pleasure in uprightness. And in the uprightness of my heart, I freely offered all these things. And now I've seen your people who are present here offering freely and joyously unto you. We ought to be faithful to God. We ought to be free. We ought to know that God's going to take care of it. God's the one who's provided all of our needs, and so we're going to take care of him. The early church in Acts chapter 2, I won't read it all, but basically they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. And again, in Acts chapter 4, the same type of thing. They, they had things in common. Someone said, well, this is communism. 
had things in common. It's communism. It is not communism because communism doesn't give you an option. They were doing what they were doing voluntarily because they wanted to meet the needs of other Christians. So it wasn't communism or socialism. It wasn't a redistribution of the wealth. It was done out of a heart of love because they recognized that everything they had was from God. And when someone else was in need, they were going to step up and help meet the needs. You know why one reason we're in such a mess in our nation today is because the government has taken over the role of what the church was supposed to do and be. Church was supposed to be kind of that safety net for people. I don't know much about this MediShare is it MediShare, the, a Christian insurance program? Which, uh, so it's, it's like a hospitalization thing, only Christians join it and they, and they contribute so that if someone has a claim, then they, pour, they all put assets toward that and it's, it supposedly works really well. But this is kind of like what they were talking about in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4. Christians taking care of Christians. The Macedonians were, comm were commended later on because they took up an offering for the needy in Jerusalem and they, out of their own poverty they gave and out of their own destitution they gave and, and they provided for people who needed relief in Jerusalem. So there's this idea that there is no fear in surrendering our possessions to him. There is no fear. You know what I fear? I fear not tithing and not being faithful to God and not giving to God because he is my partner. I am his partner by virtue of recognizing he is the author of everything that is good. So he's given to us giving thanks, protects us from pride, and promotes good stewardship. And thirdly, thanksgiving points to the source of our security. Really, what or whom are you trusting right now? I mean, seriously. Well, God, of course. No. I mean, think a little deeper than that. Are you trusting your own brilliance? Are we trusting our own bank accounts? Are we trusting our own physical strength? Are we trusting our own business sense or sense of savvy? Are we trusting our financial advisor, our stock market, our job? Who are we really trusting for tomorrow? The only real security is Jesus Christ, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Everything else changes. Everyone else changes. Things come and go. We drive up and down uh, the streets of San Diego and Imperial Beach and Chula Vista and Coronado, and we see things that are so different than they were 45 years ago when we came here. They've, they've changed. Things change. We're in situations right now I would never would have imagined uh, socially that our country would be in. Uh, I mean, people getting up and talking and advocating for socialism and communism. I never thought I would ever hear that. Things change. But Jesus is still the same. David, a man of God's own heart, said things like, they that know the Thy name shall put their trust in you, for you, Lord, have not forsaken all that seek you. He also said, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember, remember the name of the Lord our God. I am so, I love our Navy. I, I grew up in, uh, in, in an area where there wasn't a lot of emphasis on it. You know, Great Lakes was only 45 miles away, but I never heard anything about the Navy. I just never did. I always thought, man, you know, if I get 
drafted, I, I don't want to be in, out in the water if I get, you know, hit by whatever. But then I got to think, what I know about the Navy, I love the Navy. I was on USS Higgins on a little cruise thing, and, and uh, the, the master chief there was telling me that when Iran was kicking up a storm here about four or five years ago, five or six years ago, he said, uh, we, we were parked right off the shore of Iran. I said, well, who else was with you? He said, nobody else. I said, well, what happens if they would have started something? He said, we'd have ended it. <laughs> I, I'm, I thank God for the military might and the power uh, that we have. But I'm going to tell you something. We can't trust that. We've got to trust God. Got to trust him. Some in trust in chariots, some in horses. We'll remember the name of the Lord our God. Blessed is the man that makes the Lord his trust and respects not the proud, nor such as turn aside the lies. And again, he says, for I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. And, and then he says, trust not in oppression and become not vain in robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart upon them. There are countless books, countless books on the market today about the upcoming financial or political collapse of the United States of America and how we've outlived any other republic and, and, and how that we're on borrowed time and, and, and it may come to an end. It may happen. But our security, folks, is not in the United States of America. Our security is not in a political party. We should influence those for good as much as we're possibly able. We, and I know no politician is going to save us, but we ought to vote for people who have a, the, a respect for the word of God and the teaching of the doctrines of God. We, we ought to stay as close as we can to biblical moorings such as the word of God. But giving thanks protects us from pride. Giving thanks promotes good stewardship, and giving thanks points to the source of our security. So I don't know. It's not popular today. It may not be politically correct, but I believe in American exceptionalism. Let me tell you what I think that is. America has been exceptionally blessed, not because we're better than anybody, but simply because of the grace of Almighty God. We don't deserve it any more than any person does anywhere else in the world to live in a country that's free, to be able to go get jobs as we want, to be able to worship as we choose or not to worship if we choose not to worship. I think that's what George Washington was recognizing when he instituted Thanksgiving to begin with. And I think that's what Abraham Lincoln was thinking about when he reasserted that proclamation about a day of thanksgiving that we have been exceptionally blessed folks thanksgiving is an opportunity to express our gratitude to god for what he's done it cannot be limited to one day a year so are you thankful today and have you told him would you bow your heads please could we Take just a few moments and kind of put everything else out of our mind right now and just focus on the blessings of Almighty God in your life personally and in our nation collectively. And could we spend just a few moments thanking God for his profound blessings on such an undeserving people as are we?
Father, I'm so thankful. So thankful for life that you gave each one of us. So thankful for the gift of your son coming to this earth to die on the cross, knowing full well what awaited him, yet he did so willingly. So thankful the Holy Spirit convicted us and convinced us of sin and drew us unto Christ because Christ said, if I be lifted up, I would draw men unto me. So thankful that those in this room who have received Christ as their personal Savior have been born again. So thankful, Father, for health that you've given. Thankful for medical care that you've provided when our health was not what we would like for it to be and what it could be. So thankful for the freedoms that we have that are too numerous to even mention. So thankful for family, for spouses, for children, for houses, for cars, for clothes, for the things that we take for granted. So many people in this world don't have, maybe will never have in their entire lives, probably will not have, many of them. God, may we not be unthankful and ungrateful, but may we express our gratitude to you not only today, not only Thursday, but every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me, please? Our invitation is an opportunity for you to come and receive Christ as your personal Savior or come and join the church. Present yourself as a member. We're having a membership class December the 1st. That's next Sunday after this service. We'd love to invite you. Just come check us out. See if you want to join after you hear about us. We're having a baptism class on the 15th or baptism uh, day on the 15th of December. So if you need to be baptized, you've received Christ as your Savior, never have been baptized since then, we'd love to take care of that. Fitz is right down over here, and, and Dave right back there, Dave Lassiter, and uh, Rachel, you're right over here, and my wife's right over here. Ladies, if you need to talk to one of these ladies, come on, do so right now. Guys, the guys are on at the front and the back as they sing. Come on in. Just as I am. this verse just for you come on so much for being here today. A couple of things we want to do. First of all, I want to make a couple of announcements. Uh, tomorrow, Ronald McDonald House at 4 o'clock in the afternoon over at Ronald McDonald. 
great ministry to be involved in. Tuesday, Convalescent Ministry at Villa uh, Coronado at 4.50 p.m., right? 4.50 p.m. What do they need to bring, Monica? All right, good. Just be there. It would be great if you could bring some Thanksgiving cards for people, give them to people. That'd be great. Thursday, be thankful, be thankful, be thankful. Saturday, men's breakfast. This will be our December breakfast. I know it's in November, but uh, December gets really busy, so uh, we'll have it this coming uh, Saturday. And then next Sunday, Christmas in the real world. Yes, we're into Christmas messages. I put it off as long as I could. Christmas in the real world. Also, new member class, lunch, sign up if you haven't already done so. Uh, would you give us an announcement about the 14th of December? Yeah, there'll be 